Hello, welcome to the Pope to Pope podcast. My name's Cameron. Today you're going to be hearing a conversation between my grandfather and I, Warren Pope. Warren is a West Seattle-based artist, and in today's podcast, you're going to be hearing a bit about Warren's personal experience in education, some of the choices he's had to make around his children's education, what motivates Warren, and some of the stories that he tells through his art. So if you wouldn't mind, just by starting, maybe talking a little bit about your background and your experience in the education system in America and what that was like and what that was like from state to state. Being my parents were, I don't want to use the term military parents because my dad was military, but my mother wasn't. But uh, my first encounter with schooling was German school. And I went to a German school because I was born in Munich. And I lived in Germany until I was eight years old. And so I participated in uh, the German school. And one thing I can remember were that it was pretty rigorous, even for first, second grader, third grader. As two and a half years of German school. And then when we moved to uh, the United States, um, my first introduction was to um, schooling in Kansas. And from what I remember in Kansas, uh, it probably wasn't quite as rigorous. I can't say that for sure. But again, there was a lot demanded. Um, in light of what I sort of witness nowadays. But then uh, the curriculums and the schooling at that time, there was much more leeway as far as the disciplinary part. And um, it was amazing what uh, a principal or a teacher, the power they had over you. From that, my experience... Uh, we went back to Europe when I was 12 and there I went to an American school which uh, was a real different experience as far as um, we were even admitted and our grades as far as our level of how we did the year prior as far as our grades and they would actually have systems of 8A, 8B, 8C depending on your abilities and that was my junior high experience. And um, as far as um, being racially integrated and so forth, I experienced that most of my time in American schools, even in Kansas. And when we moved back to the United States, we wound up in Fort Lewis, DuPont. And that's where I pretty much finished my junior high, my last year. And my high school, that's where I graduated from. And my experience there was totally um, a very diverse atmosphere because uh, in the one thing about army housing and being on in, in, in the service, you don't pick your neighbors. You, you pretty much have to learn to um, live with them and go to school and so forth. So most of my schooling, if I had to sum it up, uh, are mostly good memories. Um, 
and I've been very fortunate having had mentors and teachers that took an interest in, in whatever talents I showed. And so I, I pretty much um, have nothing uh, to say that would be negative for the most part. Um, after graduation, went to Centralia for a year, and then I was over at Wazoo. Um, I was going to run track. I ran cross country there. And um, then I transferred back to the University of Puget Sound where I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, and one of the biggest factors of actually being in college um, and really fearing the fact of not being in college and having the credits, despite the fact that I had a full-time job, was that you had Vietnam as a guillotine hanging over your head. Because a lot of young guys didn't have that option. You were either in college or you had a good chance of being drafted and going to Vietnam. So that, that experience in itself was always everything outside of what I really wanted, which was more or less to be a student and run track and follow my pursuits. But um, having to work full time, that was never uh, fulfilled. So experience in college was somewhat good and then somewhat regretful. A follow-up question based off some of the things that you said. You mentioned when you were in junior high school at the American school in Germany that you noticed what I would call or recognize as an educational tracking system where students were funneled into different categories based on their perceived ability. What I would ask you is, what were the effects of this on you? Um, and what were the effects that you noticed on your peers? And do you think there were negative effects? And if so, what were they? Uh, totally. I, I thought that system was, even then, not good. Personally, it affected me. Uh, I just happened to have been the student body president. And I was in a higher tier as far as grades, but did not live up to that tier for whatever reason. My prior year was better, which was the seventh grade, which qualified me to be at a higher tier in the eighth grade, which I didn't live up to. And therefore the pressure, uh, it's, I can remember the embarrassment. It was sort of a joke that you don't want to vote the student body president but what are we going to do with him if he doesn't come up with the grades that we expect for the tier that I was at? And that happened to a lot of kids. And then automatically, uh, you already knew of who wasn't in 8A or 8B. And it was literally like that, 8A, 8B. And to even think that you would have a system like that and uh, how the kids felt that were uh, below an 8B level. Uh, had to be devastating for them. And this is unfortunately something that still goes on today in schools, and it comes under different names, uh, whether that's no child left behind or and with big sweeping policies or, you know, under the false guise of big, big terms like STEM, which are really more of a vocational training in lower income and lower performing schools. But um, I guess a follow-up question would be, so generally you say you've had a, a good experience with your schooling. 
I'm curious if there's any teachers in your in your schooling experience that stand out particularly amongst the group, and also if there's any that had a lasting impact on your career path that you have decided to take. Oh, there was one especially, and I will never forget him, Mr. Jenkins, and he was my um, my art teacher and my coach, and uh, he took me under his wing when um, I arrived in DuPont, Fort Lewis. And an unbelievable mentor, an unbelievable man. And um, I, I will always remember him. Uh, when I graduated, unfortunately, Mr. Jenkins probably passed away within six years, and he wasn't that old. And um, unbelievable mentor, unbelievable art teacher, uh, took a great interest in me and, um, and other kids, of course. And would spend his summers uh, taking us to Eastern Washington, Central Washington, trying to get his scholarships, um, always uh, involving himself with school activities with the kids. And, you know, and I, and I had more than just one mentor like that, but that would be the one that would I place easily number one was M M Mr. Bennett, my shop teacher, who actually coached, uh, who actually taught your dad and uh, showed him a design that I did prior, years prior. And he comes out and shows this design to your dad that I had done, that he prized. So I've been very lucky. I've had some really neat people. And despite of whatever, if I had to really think about it, uh, that I could say were flaws for the time, uh, the time sometimes overwhelmed people to thinking that was the reality of which they had to live in. And I think I was pretty lucky to see that early. And that's probably um, just being raised more or less of not having any one identity myself. I guess a follow-up question to that would be, have you experienced oppression through education? Um, and on the flip side, I mean, it sounds like you have. Have you experienced liberation through education? And this can be this can be more general, of course. It doesn't have to just be within your schooling. It could be any education that you've had. Uh, totally. Uh, and, and, and oppression, I, I would, you know, my biggest oppressions in my life, looking back, are my own. Uh, when I made it hard for myself, uh, there was no one to blame. And truthfully, I had the opportunities to go as far as I wanted to with anything that I did have an interest in. But um, uh, I've been fortunate and with the variety of s different schools having moved, uh, even um, attending Centralia, Washington State and UPS, uh, amazingly different environments um, has been a great lesson. And uh, to this day, as far as self-taught, um, I, I, I'm always interested in what the hell's going on for the day. And even if you um, only read editorials, there's so much you can get out of that. Um, I'm just amazed at this attitude we have about divisiveness and false news and so forth. You can pretty much fact check and you can pretty much find common ground on what makes sense.
and all of that is out there. And that's part of my whole thing that goes into my work when I'm doing political work. I, I don't fake it when I do a thing on redlining. And once I was asked to do that for the African-American Museum, not only had I done pieces prior, many years prior, but um, the pieces I was working on now, and you bet, the first thing I'd want to do is sit down and, and statistically look up facts about redlining on how it affected uh, Seattle in 1920 versus when it was implemented actually in the 40s and uh, find out what, what, it, what it really is about. And that would always lead to other historical things that made that happen. And um, so my artwork has really pushed me into um, always looking for uh, different waters, if, if I can say that. And um, it's just my nature. A follow-up to that, I mean, and you really answered it in that, would be, you know, how does your how does your personal identity really inform your, your own personal pedagogy? And how does that and your personal history and identity, how is that told and represented through your artwork? You know, that's a good question. And one of my biggest motivators in having gotten to this point, um, I think one of the biggest things that we all seek uh, many of us will deny it, but we don't care what so-and-so thinks. I really don't believe any of that ever really holds water. Validation. Validation is really important. And it is when, you, when you're raising kids. It's, it, it is with, with your spouse. And in my case as an artist, um, there's, I'm presently showing in a group show at Vashon, and one of the things she wrote about me as a small history of me, she says, Warren always says, it's not what you do, it's who you do it with. And that to me is important as an artist when you're accepted in a show where you have a lot of respect for other people that are within that show. I learned that going to Washington State on a partial scholarship for track into a field house and you see three Olympians, you know, you're not them, but to be invited and taken seriously, just to be in their presence, that's a good thing. And so as an artist, uh, validation has always been important. It's not always, it's not about sales. I, I wish I was more successful maybe that way. Financially, could have offered much more to my family. Uh, but on the other hand, I never measured a piece of whether I was going to sell it, especially not a political piece. That would have never motivated me to do the 71 works I did last year at the Black History Museum. But the validation, uh, the movement of the people that look at it, when you see um, a young Black man of 32 standing in front of a piece, incarcerated in your own skin, with tears in his eyes, I can't buy that with money. And uh, I always say, those that don't know that part of me, um, well, what can I say? But it's what I've strived for. I've stuck with it a long time. 
doing my work. It wasn't always easy. But one thing I know in my heart is I love art. I love what I do. And I love the effect it has on people that have enjoyed it. And um, it's just amazing on how it comes back. I have neighbors that walk by. And I met him for the first time just two days ago. And he says, I have one of your pieces in my bedroom. You know that piece you did with the pregnant woman? Because um, the world gives life was the name of the piece. And her belly button was the earth. Money doesn't buy that. Well, thank you for your insight on your motivations. I guess one more follow-up question would be, you know, I'm sure it's applicable in the art world. I mean, it's definitely applicable in education and just general governance. My question is, who do you think should be involved uh, in making policies? And who do you think should be involved in making decisions? Boy, that's a tough one. It's got to be a community. It has to be. It has to be. And then yet recognize those that have, like what I just spoke about, validated themselves of having given their time and their life towards education. I think too often we can see those that pose of being overly intellectual about certain things that really are common sense and that just need to be corrected. Like you don't have a 8A, 8B, 8C. You don't have to intellectualize that. And those are the kind of people that I really would like to see out of the loop more so than taking up all the space. I think one thing we need to do is be much more direct and much more honest and then it probably doesn't hurt to ask the kids of certain things, of what it is that's important to them, to give them a sense of feeling they have some control early in their life of what and who they want to become. So I think it's a community thing. Uh, parents definitely have to be involved. Um, I was, I, I had to make decisions, uh, early with your dad. Uh, they were difficult. And then with Andreas and Warren, um, with, uh, Liz, my wife flying at times, but between the two of us, she's the one that would go to the auctions. She's the one that would buy the songbooks, get the piano lessons. And she was really heavy on reading. So even within this family, it was a total community effort. And I believe that's pretty much the way it has to be. Parental involvement, community involvement, and then validate those that are willing to do the hard lifting and let them know that they're not only appreciated, but also well compensated. I guess another question would be, Briefly, you mentioned the choices that you had to make with uh, some of your own children's education. And I guess my question would be, I know that um, Warren on Andreas, at least for, I know, I don't, I know that they didn't in high school, but for at least part of their schooling, they went to uh, private, private Catholic school. And I'm curious, uh, 
A, like, why did you make that decision? And B, is it based around uh, certain inequities that you witnessed in the public education system in greater Seattle? Uh, totally. And Liz pretty much insisted on that. But also your grandmother was so instrumental in helping us afford it. But her thing was reading and writing smaller classrooms. That It wasn't so much that Lafayette, which would have been the public school that they would have gone to, but the classrooms were probably twice as large. And so they did go to a private school one through eight. And um, our concerns were smaller classrooms. Um, we, we spent a lot of time with them. I spent a lot of time with them as far as guarding against indoctrination. I didn't want them to buy into everything the schools had to offer as far as the religious aspect. Uh, it's not out of disrespect, but I felt that I needed to keep their minds open so they can make those choices for themselves one day. And for the most part, I'm thankful because once they went to public school, uh, Warren had a tough time the first uh, month, maybe even. A lot of anxiety. Spent some time in the nurse's office the first two weeks with anxiety. It was amazing. Where Andreas pretty much uh, got into the fold, wound up uh, in band and activities and graduated with stellar grades and had a great experience at Wesleyan High School. And again, there they had their own mentors. And that was evident in uh, Andreas's uh, letters of recommendation, uh, which were unbelievable, the support. And in Warren's case, the support. And I think they can attribute a lot to um, the people that were supportive at Wesleyan High School for uh, the fact of the schools they were accepted in. And as you know, not bragging, but uh, Warren, his essays were such that he was asked if he'd like to be in the honors at UW. And that year they accepted only 400. He didn't even apply. And Andreas, you know the story there, uh, went to Stanford and both graduated from Stanford and UW above 3.5. Um, so their experience, even for a public school at West Seattle, having come out of a private school when they were younger, obviously they took the opportunity. They really get a lot of the credit. Me and Liz, we did our thing, but I, we, we always say that these guys were on autopilot and cross the T's and dot the I's. Great, thank you. What are your opinions on privatizing education and your thoughts on charter schools in the state of Washington? Um, I'm so tired of listening to the Republicans talk about how we, as liberals, if we call ourselves that, uh, don't believe in school choice and blah, blah, blah. No, we don't believe in privatizing it and leaving so many kids behind as the similarity as far as uh, for people that can afford health care, leaving those that can't behind. Uh, it's amazing how those similarities are. Um, I don't have a problem with your private school. 
but I really believe in public education. I believe that's what has made most of America's wheels run. And I am so tired of these cliches and these disingenuous ways of trying to just gut the system instead of building it up to what it has produced. And I, as a family, we have the evidence that a public school can produce. It definitely can be better.